Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Healthy Matters, presented by Hennepin Healthcare a network of neighborhood clinics, specialty centers, hospital, and Minnesota's Level 1 Adult and Pediatric Trauma Center. Please remember we can only give general medical advice during the program, and every case is unique. We urge you to consult with your personal physician if you have health concerns. Now, here's Denny Law with your host, Dr. David Hilden, internal medicine physician with Hennepin Healthcare with more Healthy Matters. And good morning. Welcome to this edition of uh, Healthy Matters on this Sunday morning here on CCO. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. Get your health questions ready for your host, Dr. David Hilden. Merry Christmas to you guys. Merry Christmas, Denny. And to everybody listening. You have a, a, a good week planned? Uh, probably quiet. Yeah, same with me. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, we're not going anywhere this Christmas, uh, my immediate family. Although my daughter uh, flew in from L.A. last night. Uh, she lives in Los Angeles. How is she doing? She's doing great. She's doing great. She's doing, uh, um, you know, she's an actor. And yeah. uh, so she's got uh, lots of little projects always going on. So many, so many of them that I can't figure out what's what. So you're going to have to tell us <laughs> when any particular movie comes That's out. That's right. It, it, I'll, I'll make sure to let listeners know okay. if she's ever going to be seen on the screen that you could go see. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so she's living in L.A. and uh, come, but um, says she misses uh, this. I mean, the Midwest, the cold yeah. and the the... The snow and the—she doesn't want to come back and live here, mind you. But she she said, "I'm looking forward to coming home for Christmas time in Minneapolis." So picked her up at the airport. She's not the only one flying. Wow, the airport busy. was fully yeah. was full. Uh, the cars picking people up at midnight last night was unbelievable. Yeah, this is a busy time. And then with the government shutdown, right? Wow. Oh, I yeah, that's actually a good point, Danny. I I told her when you check into the airport at, at LAX, make sure you thank the TSA worker. Well, no matter what you think of TSA workers, you know, in the lines, yeah, the workers do a good job, and they're out there working on this holiday weekend, and they're not getting paid. So yeah, I said you need to thank them. They're keeping us all safe, and they're doing it even without getting paid. Yep, absolutely. Well, it's good to see you, and we have, again, an open line show uh, for newer listeners. That means we're not talking about any particular topic. So uh, you drive the show, your phone calls and text messages. If you have a question about yourself or uh, a loved one or a special person in your life, uh, call Dr. Hilden or send a text. Let me give you the phone number and the text number, 651-989-9226. And we've cleared the line, so if you want to use them for your question, by all means. Or send Dr. Hilden your text, 81807. I wanted to ask you something about, you know, in years past, and we've been doing the show, what, 10 years we're 10 talking years about? 10 years now. Uh, there, there, I have not read or seen a lot of things about the flu. This year, is it a quiet? This is a quiet year so far, yeah. It's good. I actually did a little um, blurb um, um, uh, a media piece this past week about what might be going on in the flu this year. And so far... So far, it's a pretty good year. I mean, 
it's not great for the people who got it. Right. But, yeah. but but numbers wise, it's been a there's been a few dozen cases in Minnesota, um, and uh, it's not widespread yet. I, we still call it sporadic. That means there's cases here and there. So the flu season has hit, but so far it's been light. Now you don't know um, when when it might take off or if it'll be a bad year. Sometimes it's a, not such a bad year. The last year was horrible. I think I, I think the number is eighty thousand people got the flu um, last year. A couple hundred children died of flu last year, so Terrible. it can be a bad year. It can yeah. be uh, that's a lot. Um, so last year was just dreadful, almost twice as twice the number of a usual year last year. So I, uh, people were asking me, "Well, what should I do? It's it's uh, holiday season. You know, can I can I go to? Uh, I've got a cold. I've got a cough. Yeah. Can I go to my family get-togethers and?" I, I responded, well, if you're sick, it depends how much you like your family members if you want to go pass things around to them. But most of um, flu is passed in the air. So it's passed by, this is kind of gross, but it's passed when you sneeze or cough in the air and those little water, misty water particles that come out of your mouth float around in the air and then they drift their way into somebody else's nostrils and somebody else's mouth and they get the flu that way. That means you can only give the flu to somebody if you're kind of close to them. If you're in a gymnasium far on the other side of the room from someone with the flu, it's probably a little less likely you're going to get it. But if you, know, you need to be close enough so that those droplets from people's mouths can get into your mouth. You can also get it from touching surfaces, and that's kind of, that's kind of a thing that you might want to think about at your family gatherings if someone is sick, particularly if they're sick with a fever. They're more contagious, and that you might want to wipe down surfaces at home to try to prevent some things. Um, and, and and it's not too late to get your flu shot. The the shots this year, it's too early to know the effectiveness, but that's really not a question that you need to ask. You know, is it fifty percent effective? Yeah. Is it sixty? It doesn't really matter. It's never a hundred percent effective, and whatever it is, it's more effective than nothing. And so it's a good idea to get your flu shot um, in October, we usually recommend. But if you haven't done it yet, it's okay to do it now. And the main reason you do those is to prevent giving flu to someone else. So let's just say you're a, oh, you're a 40-year-old, never been sick before. I hear this more times than I care to remember. I've never got the flu before, so I'm not going to get the flu shot. Well, that's kind of nonsensical. That would be like saying, I don't wear my seatbelt because I've never been in an accident and needed it before. Uh, there's always the future. <laughs> you can get it. So you can get the flu um, into the future. So number one, get it because, just because you haven't had it before. That's no reason. And number two, you get it not only to protect yourself, and this might be the more important point. You get the flu shot to protect the community. So this is a, a something we ought to be doing because we live in a society with other people. Um, and many of those people are far more vulnerable to influenza than you are, Mr. 40-year-old healthy person. <laughs> the, uh, children, babies who are too young, people with immune-compromised problems, cr- people with chronic illnesses, older adults. Certainly any older adult is at a higher risk of, for influenza. So you get it to protect all of them. So go ahead, get your flu shot, wash your hands, wipe down the surfaces, and then uh, go have your holiday get-togethers with your family. I know also that you uh, tell folks uh, about uh, how to cough. Don't just – well, I'll tell you, we were – You're not a cough, Danny? We, we, we Yes, I do, but some people behind us, we went to see the Nutcracker last night at the, at the State Theater, my uh, 
granddaughter is a real life ballerina, you know. I do and know she's, that. She's yeah. uh, dancers last night, so we uh, we uh, watch her that, and people behind me are. Oh, oh, that's awful. No, I'm not covering it. But of course, I get a flu shot, but that doesn't mean. Yeah, but still, you could get a yeah, cold. Absolutely. You could get a, you could get bronchitis. The cough you and get... the, I I usually like to if I'm working out or whatever with a towel. Oh, that's a cover good idea. the face. Yeah. yeah, cover your. That's even better. If you're at the gym or anything yeah. like that, and you're coughing, oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, you got to cover up with something. Or or like a lot of children are good at this. They cough or sneeze into the crook of their elbow. Yes, and so that's a good thing to do. Or you can use a tissue or something and just um, uh, throw it away. Don't cough into your hand. That I see people do that all yes. the time. I even see my doctor, some doctor colleagues, and I look at them and I just want to give them the big ew. I can't, I can't believe you're doing that. You just coughed in your hand. So I see people do that all the time. Don't ever do that. Don't do that. Don't cough into your bare hand or sneeze in there. Uh, by the way, if you want to call the doctor, 651-989-9226. Getting a bunch of text messages at 81807. Should we start Shall with Shall we take them? All right. Let's start with the first one that came in this morning. Um, I had it, it says this. I had left hip replacement several years ago and all's well. Great recovery and no more pain. But after a revision in that hip, I've begun having an issue from the center of the seam in the buttock. Okay, I've never heard that. I've never, mm, no. <laughs> I've never heard, heard your your derriere referred to as the seam in there. That's a good term. It there's is. a ner- there's a nerve or something that I occasionally sit wrong on, and it zings down that leg to the outside of my left leg. What is this, and what can I do for it? It's alarming, and at times I can barely walk for a minute or two. Then it's gone. Thank you. Um, so that is. Uh, um, from somebody in New Hope. Um, that pain that this person's experiencing is a pretty good description of sciatica pain. It that people usually report a pain that that's that um well the the nerve runs from your lower back, way down low, above your tailbone. It coalesces into a bunch of little nerves, coalesce into a big fat nerve called the sciatic nerve. And that nerve runs down the right down that kind of seam in the in your in the middle of your rear end, it rounds down the outside, the lateral, the, the side part of your hip area, and then down the back of your leg, all the way down to your toes, actually, where it, it branches off into little bitty nerves. If you have a shooting pain that goes down there, that's probably what it is. It is some aspect of that nerve. It is almost certainly, I, I say almost certainly because I can't tell you know, um, um, from a text message, but it's almost certainly not due to your hip replacement. Um, that is probably not doesn't have anything to do with it. They're not they're not close, at least anatomically speaking. They're not close to each other. It's more likely due to something else. It is probably arthritis of your lower back or a disc problem, a bulging disc, what some people call a herniated disc of your lower back, and that could be pinching your some portions of that big sciatic nerve. And so things to do, um, and it will. It'll shoot down your leg, just like this texter said. Things to do for that is if as long as you don't have true weakness in your leg, and by that I mean you can't lift your leg, you can't move your leg, or your toes are you can't lift up your toes, you can't point your toes, or you can't lift your toes to your face, you know, you can't move your foot. If it's truly weak, or if you are having bladder or bowel incontinence, you're losing your stool or your urine, or if you are a cancer patient. Because all three of those conditions, weakness in the legs, bladder or bowel problems, or if you're a cancer patient, puts you at higher risk for, for more severe spinal problems. Then you should go in right away. 
For everything else with the sciatic pain, you can kind of take it easy, stay active, walk if you can, um, take an ibuprofen or, or a Tylenol, and if the pain is worse than that, go see a doctor. They can give you something stronger for pain. For 90% of the people, it goes away, but it sometimes takes weeks or even a couple of months for sciatic pain. So that's that's the little sum total of sciatic okay. pain. One uh, one quick funny joke about that. In anatomy class, we had the chainsaw award. Um, you dissect people in anatomy class with scalpels and things like that. But the sciatic nerve is, and some of the nerves are very small, and so you're always worried about nicking a nerve. The sciatic nerve is so big that that if you accidentally nicked that nerve, the thing is huge. And so uh, we used to talk about that. It's the biggest nerve in the body. So that's that's I always remember that it's. A huge, uh, huge nerve of your leg. All right. We need to take a break, Dr. Hilden, but when we come back, uh, we'll uh, pick up on phone calls and text messages. Let me give you the phone number. There's one line open if you'd like to use it. Uh, by all means, 651-989-9226 for your general health question for the doctor or send a text. We're getting a bunch of those. A lot of folks uh, know that's uh, maybe easier for them. 81807 for your text messages. But before we go, maybe some new listeners uh, aren't aware of your blog site. Yeah. Thanks, Denny. I have, I've been taking about a two-month hiatus from the blog, but I wanna, I'm going to be starting back up and writing some new posts. Um, things have been very busy, and so I haven't been, I've just purposely taken a couple months break. MyHealthyMatters.org is the blog site. And you can go there. It's up and running still now. You can go and look at at, uh, all my previous. There's hundreds of things I've written on, ranging from aspirin to arthritis to uh, um, my thoughts about other aspects of healthcare and society. It's at myhealthymatters.org. I encourage you to subscribe by email. I don't ever flood your in-basket with uh, promotional materials, no marketing. Just subscribe by email, and once or twice a month, you will get a note from me saying I've got some new thoughts on something. Look for new posts coming soon, but you can go right now and look at all the stuff that's been there for the last two and a half years. So myhealthymatters.org. Very good. We'll take this break. Be right back. Uh, Callers on the line, stay there. Textures will pick up on your messages uh, as well. In the Twin Cities, some scattered flurries possibly today. Highs around 28. Right now in CCO, it's 27. Welcome back to Healthy Matters here on this Sunday morning. Dr. David Hilden taking your general health questions by phone and by text. As you can see, Doctor, we have both. So let's uh, see who's been waiting the longest. It would be Marsha in uh, St. Paul. Good morning, Marsha. How can we help you? Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, tummy mysteries. Yesterday afternoon, I started getting a lot of gas, and I can eat anything with no problem, and maybe that was part of the problem initially. (laughs) Um, My tummy was real gassy, even with water, and took care of a few things in that department, but still really gassy. And gas, of course, makes you feel nauseous, didn't throw up, but in the middle of the night, I woke up, I slept a little bit on and off, and with CCO Radio on to help keep me company. Very good. <laughs> and um, about 1 or 2 in the morning, I got up hungry, and I had about a half a teaspoon of plain yogurt to help restore the good flora, and then I had about a teaspoon of plain rice cooked. And that was fine. I went back to sleep, and about 3.30 I tried that again, and it started with the gas. And even sipping water, my empty stomach is producing gas, and I've never experienced that before. It sounds like your stomach is empty. Um, Marsha, uh, are your stools normal? Yes. 
So no problems there. You're having, you know, I know it's... Well, a, the last one was diarrhea, but right. I had a really good cleaning out. Right, and it sounds like you are having... Um, it's interesting that you mentioned an empty stomach. You're eating a teaspoon of rice and, and things just to, mm-hmm. try, just to try to get even, a little food in there, I take it. I've water all night, just teeny tiny sips, but even that starts the gas going again. And I do plan to go to my urgent care, but they don't open until 10, so I thought it'd yeah, I thought, Yeah, <laughs> we'll get a little pre-information before you go in there. You know, you might not even need to if it's just... I, you know, it's hard to say. Um, um, uh, it could be any number of things. Um, let's just start with that. So gas in the stomach can be doing any number of things. Um, your intestines, this is an interesting thing. When you look at an x-ray, when doctors look at an x-ray, they always talk about the stool gas pattern. There is a mixture of air and stool everywhere in your intestines. Well, beyond your stomach. There's not in your stomach. Right. And, the, um, and then they all, they all often talk about the air in your stomach. So there's always some in there. But if things aren't moving through right into your body or if there's some alteration in the flora or the microbiome of your intestines, that can be different and you can feel gassier than usual and then you can be belchy and you can just feel kind of nauseated just like you are, Marsha. That's really common. Um, Chances are – now I'm speculating here. But chances are you just you got a hold of some something in some of the food you ate, some different little viruses uh, which are constantly we're ingesting constantly, or some different little bacteria that are are in there that are just wreaking havoc with your stomach and not moving things through. Um, so the motility or the motion through your intestines, starting all the way up in your esophagus, in your stomach, and into your intestines, isn't working quite right. And so it has changed, whether that be to a virus, a bacteria, extra acid. Maybe you ate something a day ago or, and, and, it, and it caused a lot of acid in your belly. Any one of those things could do that. As long as it's a new thing for you... Um, in, in other words, you're not having this over and over and over. And as long as your stools are okay, I think you're all right. I don't think probably you have to do a whole lot about it. You might try taking a Tums, which is simply calcium, um, or uh, or you could take a Rolaids, which is, I think, an aluminum-based product. But either one of those will reduce acid. That's a thing to start with. Um, I, I would suggest taking a Tums first. And then um, and uh, probably just giving it some time. Continue your diet. Your diet's fantastic. A little bit of rice. That's a good idea. A little bit of rice and toast and saltine crackers and bread, just some bland things. Water. Water. And then that's the other thing is a lot of water. Just try to get things moving through. As long as you don't have a fever, you don't have blood in your stool, you don't have massive diarrhea, um, then I think it'll probably be self-limited. But if it's new for you and it's really concerning, I think it's reasonable to go to the urgent care. I don't think you have anything like a uh, um, surgically emergent, but it's hard to say since it's new for you. All right. Thank you. Good luck, Marcia. I'll tell you what, before we break, let's go to Arlington, Minnesota. Martha has been waiting there. Thanks, Martha. What's your question, please? Um, good morning. Uh, my husband's neurologist suggested an electromyography and I do understand the process of it. What I'm wondering about is what the follow-up treatment could be. Yeah, good questions, um, Martha. So an EMG is looking for nerve conduction problems, and, and, and there must be some kind of neuropathy or some suggestion that he has a nerve conduction problem. It's hard for me to say what the treatment would be without knowing what he has. Um, if there are... Uh, if, if they find a nerve conduction problem in the, in the test that he's going to have, 
Sometimes we can give, um, sometimes it involves a surgery, especially if it's in the legs. Sometimes they can fix that um, with a surgery. Sometimes it involves some medications for pain. Um, if it, uh, Maybe they, they determine that. Sometimes it's looking for a more central problem, like a problem in the central nervous system in the brain. Um, there are nerve problems there, and they can give different medications for that. Sometimes it's just physical therapy. Sometimes it's different shoes. If it's in his hand, they might be looking for something up in his brain. So I really couldn't say what the treatments are, but they need to decide, does the, A, does the nerve work right, or is it conducting wrong? And if it's wrong, is it happening in the individual nerve itself, like in the arm or the leg, or is it happening up and in the brain? So it's a central problem or what we call a peripheral problem, and that's what they're trying to determine and then they'll help you out with the next steps from that. I'm sorry I can't be more specific than that, but he could have one of about 20 things, or he could have nothing abnormal. So it's difficult okay. for me to say what they might do next. Thank you, Martha. I want to alert our listeners on the phone. Stay there. Callers, stay there. We'll, uh, we'll come back after the break and pick up on your questions. Texters as well. Maybe, uh, Dr. Hilden, we could um, attack this one, and then we'll uh, take a break. All right, and thank you for callers, and just hang on, and we'll get to you after the break. The text says, a few weeks ago you talked about the neti pot and using boiled water. Do you have to boil the water new each time, or can you store it over several weeks? Boy, I'm not an expert in bacteriology, but I think you could store it. Um, the idea is that neti pots are a great nasal irrigation system, but they can contain a microorganisms like amoeba that can be dangerous. And there was a death in Seattle um, this year over that. Uh, you can use distilled bottled water or you can use sterile water that you sterilized yourself by boiling it. Just make sure you cool it down and then put it in a jug with a lid on it. Right. That's what I suggest. All right. Very good. And I think you can do that for some weeks. I don't think that you're going to get more amoeba in After it as, long you as, it. as long as you've boiled it and stored it. All right. We'll take this break. We have a, a, another half hour of the show to go. Call us, 651-989-9226, or uh, send a text, and we'll grab those, too, 81807. For the Twin Cities today, we expect maybe a few flurries. Highs near 28 degrees right now. Let's see. We have uh, west winds at 16, our CCO temp at 27. And good morning this Sunday morning. We're talking, well, actually, your questions. Drive the show, your calls, your text messages. It's an open line show here on Healthy Matters. And your host is Dr. David Hilden. And uh, Dr. Hilden, as you can see, callers, texters, should we get to it? Let's get to, uh, let's get to it. And Merry Christmas, everybody. We're, we got loads of texts here, and callers been on the phone for a long time. Yeah, let's, let's help them out. Uh, Bob in St. Paul is first up here. Uh, thank you for waiting, Bob. What's your question, please? Good morning and Merry Christmas to both of you. Thank you. Uh, this is kind of a continuation of uh, an earlier caller. She was on, I was on. I thought, ah, I've had the same problem. I've had 10 days or at least a good week of a GI issue, a very noisy, very achy gut, looser stools, lots of gas, and most troubling to me, a lot of mucus in the stools. So... If it's been going on, ten, Bob, before you stay on the phone, have you had it before, or is this thing 10 days ago brand new? A week 10 days ago, no. I've had things like this in the past, but long enough ago, I can't remember when. Right. Because sometimes the mucus thing is what caught my ear on that one, because there are some um, inflammatory problems of the bowel, 
and there are some malabsorption problems of the bowel. Um, but generally, they're longer-standing things, things like celiac disease and things like inflammatory bowel disease, of which the two big ones are Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. But you wouldn't have just had it for 10 days and then never, you know, not before that. You would have had it. It's an ongoing, recurrent problem for those conditions. It suggests if you're having this mucousy stuff that you have an inflammatory problem, however, that can still be, as I said with the previous caller, it can be um, due to the microbiome in your, in your gut, and that could be altered due to a viral infection, um, which calls, if it's, if it's leading to stool problems, not just stomach problems, but stool problems, then we would call that a colitis, an inflammation of the colon or an enterocolitis, which is an inflammation of the small intestines and the colon, or a gastroenteritis, which is an inflammation of the stomach and the intestines. Um, again, if it's just a newer, newer thing, even though it's been going on 10 days, uh, I think you're probably okay, and it is probably due to some viral syndrome um, that will be self-limited. So I would say the same things to the, as to the other callers, that Eat right, um, eat bland foods, take antacids like Tums, um, or perhaps even something like uh, uh, the brand name would be Nexium or, or uh, 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 one of the stronger antacids. Do that for a, a week or two and see if that helps. If not, however, if you're having stool with mucus and, and diarrhea that goes on for longer than a week or two, then I would go see a, 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 a GI doctor. You can start with your primary doctor, I guess. And um, maybe get some tests done because you could have something that's a little bit more um, uh, chronic in nature or at least a little bit longer uh, than just a little viral syndrome. So diarrhea that lasts a couple of weeks, I would have that looked at. All right. Good luck, Bob. Thank you. Karen is calling in from Minnetonka. Karen, you're on CCO with Dr. Hilden. Oh, thank you. And Merry Christmas to you, you too. You too, Karen. um, I went to uh, the... Uh, ER in an ambulance on Friday afternoon because uh, my blood pressure was up over 220-something, and I had these little squiggly things, I call them, in my eye, and I was having trouble speaking, not slurring speaking, just trouble thinking of what I wanted to say, and I spent, they gave me several tests and um, blood tests and so on. And, and then I would have had to have an MRI, but I'd been there for four and a half hours, and we couldn't take it anymore. And so I'm going to see my regular doctor on the 26th. But my question is, could this be an ophthalmic-type headachey? Uh, thing, or is it more likely a TIA, and could that only be told with an MRI? Um, I've had these squiggles before, and they'll just go away, but I've also had them when they'll leave me feeling that same confused way. On the way to the ambu- in the ambulance, I was already starting to clear up. It took a while for my blood pressure to go down. Okay. Um, great questions, all of them, Karen. First of all, good 
call on going to the uh, emergency department then. A blood pressure of 220 is too high. Um, blood pressure is just a word on that. A blood pressure that is elevated, even up to 160 or 180 or even 190 or 200, is usually not an emergency. Um, it's too high, but it's usually not an emergency. But you're getting up into 220, you're at risk for a stroke. That's um, just too high. So you did the right thing there. Your question about could it be an ophthalmic type of headache versus a TIA, um, I would favor the um, the latter. Uh, now, I should I should qualify that. People with very, very high blood pressure do get headaches and do get visual symptoms and do get problems with their thinking. It is a, a not enough blood supply to your brain. It's different than a stroke, which causes a blood clot, though. So... It's it's not a blood clot situation, and it's um, uh, but it's due to extreme pressures in your brain, and that's th- that is extreme pressures in your brain at 220. So what I think you had was what in medical terms we would call a hypertensive emergency or high blood pressure, and yes, it was an emergency in your case. Um, the MRI would be looking for a stroke. Uh, I think if your blood pressure comes down, the symptoms probably would go away. The most likely thing is that you simply need to get better blood pressure control. Um, I would I would put aside the fact that it was to anything just about like a, a headache due to um, I would put that aside. It's almost certainly due to your very high blood pressure. The biggest risk, the biggest danger to you is that you do have a stroke from that. Sometimes it's a bleeding kind of stroke, which can be devastating. So do need to get your blood pressure down. Um, do you need an MRI? I probably would get one. Uh, um, it is extremely understandable, though, Karen, that you wouldn't want to wait another four hours to get an MRI. Um, I would probably go ahead and get that MRI to look to see how your brain's doing, to see if there's been any other um, problems. You have had a true neurologic emergency, and you want to make sure your brain's okay. And really, the only way to do that would be an MRI. So, yes, I would do that test. All right. Let's take one more call, and then we'll uh, try to grab as many uh, text messages as we can. Gene. In Stillwater is next. Go ahead, Jean. Thank you. Yes. I, I, at the beginning of this year, I had acquired um, shingles. And I've had the shingles reoccur twice now, or something like the shingles. And I'm wondering how many times Mm-hmm. Does shingles come back? Yeah. Does it come? It, you know, shingles can come back many times, many, many, many. Um, the thing is, your shingles are a reactivation of a virus that lives in your body. It is the chicken pox virus. So most all of us of a certain age have had the chicken pox in our lives um, when we were little. And and that uh, and that one, uh, um, it lives in your spinal column. It literally lives in your the nerves of your spine. And then someday later, sometimes decades, sometimes 50, 60 years later, it reactivates. It become, it's been sleeping in there, and it, it wakes up. And you can have shingles. It's usually in one specific part of your body because it travels down one specific nerve, unlike chickenpox. So, yes, it can come up all over the place because it stays in you. Um, it's a, that's a bummer. Um, uh, uh, for people. I wish I could say more about that, but it's the truth. It can hurt, and it can lead to pain that doesn't go away. It gives me a good plug for the shingle shot. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> I would get the new, um, it's called, the brand name is Shingrix. You can get it too, Gene. I would get the Shingrix 
Chingrix shot. The problem is it's a two-shot series. You get one and then you get another one later. The problem is that it's in short supply. I have been told that local pharmacies have waiting lists of up to 1,000 people mm. on their waiting list. I would recommend calling your clinic. We have it at Hennepin Healthcare, but we're also on back supply. So I had told a patient this week we don't have it. The manufacturer is a little slow. Everyone's shorthanded of that, but call your pharmacy, call your clinic to see if they have it. And if they do and you're over the age of 50, go get the shingles uh, vaccine, and you can get it as well, Gene. All right, very good. We uh, Let's take a break here, and then we're going to attack uh, these text messages. I know we have so many, and we appreciate your patience. Uh, in the Twin Cities, as we head to the break, a chance of flurries today, a high near 28. We're at 27 right now. We dropped to 15 overnight, partly sunny tomorrow, highs near 29. And then Christmas Day, a chance of flurries before noon, highs near 31. Again, here on CCO 27. Good morning. Welcome back. To Healthy Matters, it is an open line show today. Your general health questions for Dr. David Hilden uh, by phone or by text. Now, as I mentioned, we uh, uh, we finished our phone calls. We have time enough to pick up on a bunch of uh, text messages. Should some. we do that? I'll try to be brief so I can get to as many as possible. Um, here it says, um, I'm 62 years old and I've had many treatments for prostate cancer. Now I'm on Lupron shots. It's working. How many years can I, can you get the shot? Thanks. Um, Lupron is what we call an, an androgen deprivation th- um, medication. In other words, it deprives the body of male hormones. Um, and it is extremely effective. And prostate cancers, like they feed on testosterone and male hormones. So if you can deprive them of that, you, they, you can arrest the development of your prostate cancer. It's used in a number of situations. Um, after surgery, um, when you have recurrence, if your disease has spread, sometimes it's used if, for men who aren't going to have a prostate surgery just as part of radiation. Um, how long can you do it? That I'm not sure. Some men do it for a few months. I know have some that have done it a few years. I don't know any who have done it for 10 years, but up to a few years most people can do it. But the more common is just a few months. It does have lots of side effects. Um, you can get breast tenderness and you can get um, weight gain and you can get uh, um, a loss of sex drive and you can get things that testosterone does. You can get all the opposites of them. So a lot of guys don't love that. But it's very effective at arresting your prostate cancer. Um, here's another one that says, I'm 72 and I've had a mild stroke. I can't tolerate statins and have been prescribed repatha. Aside from the cost, are there any side effects such as muscle pain and weakness? Seasons greetings. I don't know, Texter, um, about any of the side effects. I don't use that medication very much. Statins are really good for people who have coronary or other art, um, artery disease. They're really good for people with diabetes. They're really good for people who have very high LDL cholesterol. If you've had a stroke and your LDL is okay, it's maybe not quite as important, but it is still recommended that if you can tolerate a statin, that's where the best data is. Here's another one that says, hello, I went to the emergency department last night, had a CAT scan. They saw a mass on my right lung. They mentioned that word cancer, referred me to my primary doctor. What's the next steps that are coming? What is this mass is? You know, doctors throw away around terms a lot. And and one of the things that they maybe saw on this text um, texter's um, CAT scan was a mass. One of the possibilities is cancer. There's also lots of non-cancerous possibilities. So your next step is to go to your doctor. Um, They will decide if a biopsy is necessary. In other words, take a needle and get a piece of that mass to see if it's cancerous. The alternative to a biopsy is what we call a watchful waiting approach. If If the 
if the mass they saw in your lung is of a certain size, small, it doesn't have certain characteristics, like it's very round like a marble. That's not as concerning. Um, then they sometimes say come back in a few months for a, a CAT scan. So it'll either be a follow-up CAT scan or, or it'll be a biopsy. Here's one that says, how long um, is recovery from a thoracotomy? I had thoracentesis shortly afterwards. Why would that happen? A thoracotomy is literally when they've opened up your chest cavity, and the pain can last a few days, and then you can have an ache for a few weeks to a few months. I don't know why you would have had a thoracentesis. You probably had fluid around your lungs. Um, That's what a thoracentesis is, where they draw fluid off your lungs. So the question to this texture is, what did you have? What's the diagnosis? Was it an infectious process, or was it something else? Um, you're gonna, a thoracotomy is a bigger deal. You're going to have some weeks of some uh, discomfort, but it, it too will get better. Here's one that says, my 93-year-old father had a heart rate of 120. Doctor put him on Coumadin to prevent a stroke. Can you elaborate? A heart rate of 120 is way too fast, especially for a 93-year-old. And the reason they put him on Coumadin was probably because your dad had atrial fibrillation, which um, can be very fast. It can be slow, but it can also be fast. So the main thing with your dad at age 93, in my opinion, is to get his heart rate down. If it's 120, he's going to be in heart failure if that continues for weeks and weeks and weeks. An older heart can't beat 120 times a minute. It wants to beat about 60 times a minute, so it's beating twice as fast as it should. So get his heart rate down. Make sure it's at least less than 100, Um, and your doctor is probably doing medications to do that. As for the Coumadin, that's a secondary effect. Uh, atrial fibrillation and irregular heartbeat does put you at higher risk for a stroke. Um, and so the Coumadin will do that. At age 93, however, I do have to say, the risk of bleeding from the Coumadin might, it might outweigh the risk of a stroke. They're both awful things. You don't want a stroke, but you also don't want to bleed. They both can be very serious. So have a very careful conversation about whether you want your dad to be on blood thinners. It might be the right thing to do, but it's not without its own risks. All right, we have about two minutes to go, and a reminder to our listeners, it's going to be another open line show next week. Yeah, next week we will do another open line show. I hope everyone has a great Christmas, a great holiday. Thank you so much for listening. Next week will be literally the last show of our 10th year on the air. Hard to believe. And then in January we will launch our 11th year on the air. So thank you for listening. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Um, real quickly, I have a couple more texts. What are the signs, the symptoms, and treatments for celiac disease? Merry Christmas, and to you as well. Thanks to say Merry Christmas in yeah. the texters. That's an extra Absolutely. thumb work you had to do. Celiac disease is a malabsorption problem. You, your body is not able to process gluten. Um, it's more than just I'm a little sensitive to gluten. You really can't process it. So you get anemic. That means weakness um, and fatigue. Um, because your blood counts are low, because you don't absorb iron. And then you also can get diarrheal illnesses and and stomach pains and stomach crampings, blood in your stool. So anemia, weakness, fatigue, diarrheal illnesses, that's celiac disease. You can start out the first test as a blood test, and then sometimes you need a biopsy. How about 30 seconds? 30 seconds. Let me see. Oh, there's a lot more here. Um, I have osteo... I have osteoporosis. I'm an active 69 years old. I've been reading that if it's not good to do bending and twisting exercises like yoga, but don't understand why. I do Pilates and balance and a flex class. 
how harmful. Keep it up. Keep it up. If you're if you're able to twist and do yoga at, at your um, at age sixty nine, keep it up. Weight bearing exercise is also good. And if you need a primary care doc, you don't have one. Come to hennepinhealthcare.org. Hennepinhealthcare.org, or you can call us at six one two eight seven three six nine six three. Merry Christmas to all, and we hope you join us again next week with more healthy matters here on News Talk eight three zero WCCO. Your money is straight ahead. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.